Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Welcome, my loves, to another episode of the Sensitive Collective Podcast, and I'm absolutely thrilled to introduce our guest today, Brian Burneman, well-being leader and just beautiful soul. Uh, Welcome, Brian. Welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. Thank you so much, Laura, for having me here and for being in this space and opening this space, uh, just in case that like nobody knows but i i always i really appreciate when starting a conversation like this that you led us through a little grounding exercise and practice before so thank you for that oh you're so so welcome yeah that was off air so listeners it is something i do for every guest before they come on is just you know create a little space for us so that we can show up uh in in our highest selves for you and i'm so excited for this conversation to see uh where the little revealets are going to take us today um you you speak a lot brian as a well-being leader about conscious living and i was hoping you might expand on that a little bit for us because to me when i hear conscious living immediately what comes to what comes to mind is mindfulness, which is a much more widely acknowledged and, and kind of known term. So can you share with us a little bit, is there a difference? And and if there's a difference, what is it? What do you mean by conscious living? Yeah, thank you for that. You know, it's been interesting throughout the years as I've been using this word and one of my like, organizations or businesses that it's called conscious action. Um, a lot of times, depending on who I'm talking to and depending on the circumstance, it means something slightly different. And for me, it all comes back to the understanding that we are consciousness and there's energy and how are we in relationship to that. And as well from um, getting a little bit less spiritual, coming back to the earth and how are we engaging with life? How are we engaging with ourselves? How are we engaging with others? How are we engaging with our mother earth? So conscious living for me is across all aspects. It's about being balanced inside and out. It's about understanding, uh, you mentioned mindfulness. 
that might be a way of being that is more the internal aspect of it that is i am present i develop greater awareness of what's happening and as i do that work i understand as well what is that i stand for what is my truth what is at least at the moment it, it can be all of the time changing but <laughs> yes, yes. you know what are my what are my values what am i here to do and am i living then in alignment with those values and this is one of the things that for me i are often shared that when when i'm sharing something around how to live consciously more in connection to what we're eating what we're consuming what we are doing externally it always comes back to understanding that inner values and it's hard like i often talk about sustainability and regeneration and circular uh, economy and all of that if there's if that's not grounded inside that doesn't happen like i, I often mm -hmm. say to people if you know if someone says like oh go and get a reusable bag so you can go when you're going to the market and buying your veggies or whatever it is that you're choosing to buy like don't forget to take your bag well if that's not something that you actually care about you're going to forget about it because it's not a priority yeah so this is one of the things that for me I never, I share different ways that we can be and we can live externally. Yet I always say with that, check what actually resonates and what's in alignment for yourself. Mm. And then as we do that inner work, then it's easier to understand, oh, when I'm doing that, I'm out of alignment with myself, not with what anybody else would care about. So as an example, with the external, like, I'm, I'm vegan. I eat a plant-based diet. I don't go out and preach for everybody to go vegan because I don't know what their values are. I don't know what they stand for. So if they don't care about the same thing that I do in the same way that I do, then their action needs to be different than mine. Yeah. And this is for me a recognition of the fact that we're all one and at the same time, we're all different configurations of that energy. So I don't need everybody to be me. <laughs> I don't need yeah. everybody to be like, I, I want that diversity. I want the differences. Then how am I holding those differences is through becoming more conscious um, and becoming more compassionate about understanding what we're going to choose differently. So yeah. how can we choose differently? Uh, like that doesn't matter. But can I actually be okay with what I'm choosing and be okay with what you're choosing, be okay with what everybody else is choosing as long as it's grounded in people's truth? Mm. So beautiful. Wow. There's a lot of things that pop up to be highlighted there. One is the, the term engagement and feeling into connection. And what comes up for me with that too is the, the concept through what you're speaking of, of resonance. And right, like we're all consciousness, we're all, you know, facets of this multifaceted, many dimensional reality that is everything, right? And mm -hmm. so the different iterations of that, what it really comes down to is what 
what do I have at my disposal to utilize to help me discern what is in resonant alignment and what is not? Well, I am incarnated into this mind, body, spirit. And so there are ways that I can check in and tune in to be more conscious, right? To really engage and relate with myself so that I can better know myself and utilize this instrument of mind, body, spirit as the tool that it is with all of the information that it receives so that I can make the best right next choice that is in alignment and is in resonance. And as you say, that is changing for me sometimes, minute to minute, <laughs> like week to week, season to season, for sure. Um, we, we're all going through different different hormonal, um, physical, spiritual cycles uh, in our lives. But um, I lost my thread. So so tuning back in and, and using ourselves as, and, and the information that we have um, and different practices that we can utilize as as kind of compasses to help us chart our path with respect that my path isn't your path. And we may share some similarities, but there's not then it takes away the need, like you said, to preach and to say my way is the is the way. Um, there was yeah. another piece that came through. Sorry, were you going to say so? Go ahead and say. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I was going to say with that that I think that it's important to understand, and and it's been really interesting for me through the years working in this well-being or spiritual or conscious space is the understanding of what my role is, and understanding mm -hmm. that. It's this is my belief. We all have our own answers. We don't need the answers from anybody else. What we might um, want is to seek out someone that might might have done some work on themselves and might have found the answers for themselves, and they can share some ways that can guide us and make things a, a little bit easier. Because for me, this is one of the things as well. Like I challenge the fact that society tells us that life is hard and that things need to be difficult. I challenge that. Like for me, life can be easy. <laughs> like life can be easy. We can mm -hmm. be flowing. And we can only do that when we are aligned. And it's so important to understand what you were saying about the cycles. We go through cycles and we, we change. So like letting go of the rigidity is so important. Letting go of the labeling is so important because if I label myself as something, then that I'm not allowing space for anything outside of that. So, you know, a lot of times I, I talk to people and they say like, oh, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I'm like, well, which which moment? Like, what's the what's my energy like at that moment, and what's the circumstance that I'm in? Then I'll be more in a sense outgoing or extrovert, or I'll be more reserved. So, if I label myself as, as introvert, then I'm not giving myself the permission to go to a dance floor and dance and and you know like and explore and expand. Mm -hmm. So when we allow ourselves to to change and to be malleable and to be able to to just go with what is in the present moment 
we're allowing ourselves to experience life to experience form and that is one of the keys for conscious living is about living in the present moment so being present in the present and understanding yes we're still living here in this space and in this dimension there's such a thing as time and linearity so we still work with that but how am i able to balance the fact that there's a past a present and a future so can, how can i ground myself in the present learn from the past process what came before heal what came before and integrate that so that i can live present moment forward and that is one of the key things in terms of understanding that we go through cycles, we go through changes. I, when I was young, I used to be a very stressed out kid that just lived in his head until I found the practices that brought me back to the body, that mm. brought me back to slowing down and to actually start to question things of how I was living my life, to question the programming that I had in my mind and to be able to start to live differently. And it's not that I don't judge that kid. Like, that's what I knew at that moment. So now I know different. Now I choose different. So it's not about, you know, like getting stuck in certain things. It's about giving ourselves the permission to, at each moment, understand what serves me now. And what serves me now might not be what served me before, or it might be. So allowing that is so important. I love that. It's, it's, so empowering when we give ourselves permission not to kind of wear the same outfit of definition all the time right where what i wore as a a kid in my clothes clearly doesn't fit me now so you know what what i labeled myself as a 20 something is probably not going to fit me as a 40 something <laughs> so um and i think that it was a thread that I kind of had lost earlier, which you brought up again, and it's it's strung throughout here. It com coming back to choice, and and that radical responsibility of of really owning that I actually have the power to choose my reality at every single breath, at every single moment. I can pivot and and choose something different because I've come to an awareness that where I'm at isn't where I'd like to be or or the way that I'm showing up in this moment isn't actually serving me and isn't in alignment with my values or with with how I desire to feel or to show up. Um, I think identity is such a fascinating concept and it and it definitely dances with time as well um, and and feeling into like, for example, for so long, I identified as a party girl through my through my 20s and, and early 30s and i was the life of the party and i was always ready with the joint you know rolled in my bag and i always had a little flask and you know if we were gonna go on an adventure let's hop on our bikes let's go um and and i really identified with that persona um and that label and so when when those things really accumulated to a point where they were definitely not serving me and my health was really struggling and suffering um and i stepped into sobriety it was a huge shock and this huge mourning process and experience of grief because i had so over identified with that label it had 
it it became just who I was at to a degree that wasn't serving me. And so I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on identities and like self, I self labeling and, and all of that, because, you know, we language is powerful and it's very useful and it helps us to communicate. And, you know, there's a reason that we have it, but. <laughs> yes. You know, I found my, I, I always remember something that my, one of my teachers said that he said that, language is a double-edged sword it can be wonderful as a means for communicating like what we're doing now we are sharing through words and we're exploring this and people can listen to it and can get a sense and also language can get in the way because language as you're saying for identification for labeling and also for misunderstanding because we have an experience of what a certain word means and we believe that we are actually experiencing the same thing, whereas most of the time it's not. Like it, it, going to a simple example, if I say chair, most likely you will have an image in your head that it's a different chair than the one that I have. So we believe that we are talking about the same thing it's just because I said the word chair, but the reality is that it's not. And if we go to more complicated things, like feelings and emotions and different experiences, then the subtlety there can be so big that it's it's really interesting. So, you know, I think that the identification is important at stages in our life. Mm. So when we're growing up, there are certain things that support us to be part of our family then to be part of our group of friends and then they no longer serve us they are just in the way so as you were saying if you believe that you're the party girl not only that's a belief that it's internally that's also the dynamic of how everybody else that engages with you sees you Mm. so when we embark on a journey of trying to understand ourselves self-development growth however we want to call it and we start to change what happens is as well that other people won't allow that to happen or won't see the new person or the new version of ourselves and a lot of times this you know it takes a lot of courage to do this work on ourselves because not only we change and that might be scary but also our circumstances the people in our life if they are not changing on par with us then all of those dynamics suddenly they don't work the same way so i remember when you know when i started to do all of this work on myself i had the same group of friends from this age of six until like my late teenage years and then I realize, you know, as I'm changing, they are not seeing the new me. They are still asking me to do the same things from my previous version of myself. And they yeah. couldn't see the changes that I have done. So I was like, well, I need to remove myself from this situation. Like nothing against them, but I am I'm like, you know, I'm vibrating in a different frequency. I am like understanding life in a different way. And that a lot of times is hard because a lot of us as well, we live through those around us. 
yeah. I mean, like we we live in connection and we live in interconnectivity, and it's important to understand who we surround ourselves with. And at the same time, that can be part of how we identify ourselves as. So in our society, we are so programmed to care so much about what other people think of us or might think of us that then we start behaving based on trying to please others instead of owning our own truth and then allowing whatever happens to happen. So if someone for whatever reason doesn't like me then cool like you know like that's them <laughs> and and i'm so glad that i learned from a young age not to care so much about what other people think of me to change my behavior to change my actions so you know i didn't care that when i was a teenager when all of my friends started to experiment with alcohol and drugs and i didn't feel like it I didn't give in to the peer pressure mm. because I was like, I'm okay. And if they want to call me loser because I'm not doing all of that, I'm all good. You know, like I, I, I knew what's important for me. Now, the majority of people actually are not that strong, especially at that age, to be able to do that if they haven't had a foundation yet or an understanding of that. So, you know, th this is a very multi-layered aspect of life how we identify ourselves and how the importance of labels for certain stages in our life for certain aspects even at work you know like i need to go and say i'm a well-being leader it's like well like, what does that even mean <laughs> you know and it's like or another time i'm, going, I'm a I'm healing a, mentor it's like yes okay <laughs> like uh like another times at work i'm a healer another times at work i'm a mentor i'm a coach i'm a you know like i'm a meditation teacher it's like i'm i'm all of that and i'm none of that you know like i'm i like recently argentina like won the world cup of like football or soccer and like people sent me messages like congratulations and i'm like well yes i was born in argentina i grew up there but I didn't win anything. Like it was just the players, you know? <laughs> and it's like, how how am I identifying with that? And, and a lot of people, you know, as well, I practice for many years and it's one of my main practices, Tibetan Buddhism. And so people ask me, are you Buddhist? And I'm like, I practice Tibetan Buddhist practices. That doesn't mean that I am a Buddhist. I am trying to live without the labels. Yeah. And that for me is important because as, as we said earlier, if I don't allow myself to live outside of that, then I'm just stuck in that box. So all that I can be is just that. So when we relax a little bit that, we open ourselves up to what's possible. And that is so key because we have no idea what's coming. We have no idea about the endless possibilities of life and when we stay in this box, in that comfortable place, it's comfortable. It's nice. It might not, it, I mean, for most people, it's still super challenging. But going to the unknown a lot of times is even more scary for most people. Yeah. So how can I allow myself to be okay in that, that space of the unknown, of the mystery, of the, you know, 
the things that are slightly uncomfortable. And for me, that's key in how I am evolving as a human being. And I definitely want to talk about that evolving as a human being and tie it back to, to Buddhism. Before we get there, though, I feel like it's really important. It just came to me in talking about identity. One of the things as an empath and for folks, you know, who are listening, who are empaths and really sensitive that we tend to really struggle with is boundaries. And a part of that, right, it's kind of knowing where do I end and where do you begin? And, you know, obviously, like, this is my hand, this is your hand, but, you know, energetically, emotionally, um, and even at the realm of, of thoughts and beliefs and, and all of that. And you know, we're so we're so easily um, uh, influenced and, and can feel and uh, other people's energy and, and emotions and thoughts. And so boundaries are so important. And, and what this conversation kind of there, there's this exercise that that I do with my clients where we talk about identity. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a little funny, you have like, a, you draw yourself as a little stick figure person in the middle of a circle and you sort of feeling into what you're talking about, you know, core values and different things like that. Um, and it's encouraging me in this moment to think about um, encouraging my, my clients to actually revisit that exercise on a more frequent basis, because as you said, um, it is, it is it is going to shift and it's going to change. And I think the rigidity there that we have in place, it's, you know, and I got my start as a body worker. So I I tie a lot of things back to that. Um, It's it's when our connective tissue and the systems of our body begin to lose fluidity that we begin to see real dis-ease and discomfort within our physical systems and physical structures as well. So why wouldn't that hold true <laughs> for for our our emotional and mental reality is also um so just an invitation to our listeners just to spend a little bit of time on the regular like i don't know feeling what what feels good for you um if you already have a practice but just to invite some inquiry for yourself around identity and checking in with you know what what do i believe what do I hold as my core values? How do I see myself today? Um, how would I label myself in this moment? You know, what are what are the things that feel are mine? And and coming back to that um, exercise periodically and just seeing how and if it's actually shifted for you through time um, can be a really powerful tool, I think. Yeah, and, and you know that I think that as you're saying this, I think that it's so important and most likely you you touch on this when when you're working with with people. When when we understand more our body, when we understand more our feelings and how the energy flows, it's much much easier. And this has been my experience. To understand how to allow energy to flow and not take in what's someone else's energy. So throughout the years, as I've as an empath, but also as someone that does a lot of healing work and works a lot with people, especially a lot of people with a lot of you know like uh, intense energy, 
I, I learned through experiencing deeper my own experience to understand, ah, oh, okay, I can feel this, so I can actually be of service here, so I can understand and interact in a way that supports that moment and with that person, I don't have to take it in. I just allow that to move. So yeah. like in terms of a boundary, I learned there uh, that eventually I didn't need to put a boundary of, mm. like energetically that at the beginning I was kind of like shielding myself from the outside energy So because it was a lot. It's like, actually, I need to take that down. I can experience it more fully. I don't have to take it in. I can just allow it to flow. I just feel it and then it flows. And that is something so important for those that are quite empathetic because this is, you know, if not, like, I mean, what's going on in the world and what's going on in people's lives is too much. Like, we cannot take it in. And it's not our job to take that in. So we just need to allow ourselves to learn more about our bodies about energy and how it moves so that we can allow that to take place mm, yeah absolutely allowing that movement to happen knowing when a boundary is needed and then when through more intimate awareness knowledge practice of your own instrument having that discernment piece, because I think that's a piece that's so confusing for folks, right? Especially in the beginning of, of this journey. Um, is, is it my energy? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I thought it was, but now I'm really confused. I was feeling good and now I'm not. Where is it coming from? Um, and so, you know, give, you know, giving yourself some grace as you as you work through and figure that out. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a beautiful I don't think I've ever heard anyone explain it quite that way. I think it's really beautifully explained. Um, and, you know, with, with that, I think that I, and I was talking about this with all of my clients yesterday, um, just being kind to ourselves yes. all of the time, being kind with ourselves, being compassionate with ourselves. A lot of times when I hear people talking about compassion and kindness, it's often like towards others. What about us? You know, what about the moments that it might be too much or I'm actually like feeling out of that and it's like, oh, you know, like, this feels this feels a lot. Okay, being kind. Like I took that in. I know that that wasn't mine, but I took that in. All good. Just being kind with myself, allowing myself to, uh, you know, the, the, what I'm going to say, this is something that I learned from the Buddhist teachings, befriending my own experience, all yes. of it befriending what is happening befriending the thoughts befriending the feelings befriending the emotions befriending everything and it's like i often in in my own awareness i i often feel it as if i'm embracing myself it's just like when i do a lot of work with my like healing work from the past and i embrace my my younger versions of myself it's like i just feel like that i'm just embracing yeah. what's happening yeah i love that that radical self-love piece so beautifully expressed um and what did you say you said uh befriending your experience and and to me then it followed befriending and attending to or attending to right um 
that that piece as well. I I would love I would love to touch on Buddhism, um, and I I really appreciate already your um, your explanation around sort of how you define that uh, for yourself as a yes I practice Buddhism, but I wouldn't label myself as Buddhist because I I feel similarly and. There's a lot of schools of thought and practices and philosophies that have had massive influence in the way that I perceive myself in the world, but I wouldn't label myself as a follower per se. So I appreciate that we should have that in common and share that um, perspective. But one of the things that I, I really do see through my own experience, through years of working with people hands-on um, and you know now more in the uh, in the mentorship and coaching space is, is the, again, the cycles and, you know, I've experienced past lives, um, and memories coming, coming through. And, and I do believe in different dimensions and I do believe in reincarnation just from what I've seen. Um, I don't claim to have the full, the full picture of what, what all of that means, but I would love it if you could dive a little bit into, um karma and dharma with us here um because it's been it's been a while since i've studied my buddhist texts in any kind of real academic setting and um and yeah i think that that would be really helpful for me and i think also for our listeners to to touch on yeah definitely you know i think it's it's really important to understand and, and this has been one of the things that I learned through the many years of, of practicing Buddhism, that at the different stages of our evolution and expansion of consciousness, there's different truth. So Dharma as truth of life, it's kind of like divided in, in the Buddhist teachings, it's divided and there's such a thing as the ultimate truth and the truth that we're living now. So as an example, with karma, karma is all about action and consequence. There's an action and then there's a consequence. That's karma. Now, we are complicated beings. It's not as simple as like, ah, oh, I said this, therefore I'm going to receive that. I hurt someone, so therefore I'm going to get hurt. It's not one, one plus one equals two. <laughs> it's very complicated and adding the layers of past lives, <laughs> adding the layers of as well, in one of the aspects that I work a lot of uh, our ancestors and understanding the impact that intergenerational trauma has on us those things add up to this soup of karma <laughs> so we live a lot of times you know with certain consequences based on that but it's not linear so when something happens to us it's not that it's like oh this is because i did that thing this something that happens to us might be because of something that we did 10 lifetimes ago <laughs> one time now the interesting thing with karma and things that happen is as well 
the aspect of that radical self-responsibility and understanding that a i'm not going to be a victim saying like oh this is just karma everything that happened oh, it's just karma this is because of something that i did in the past that's not taking responsibility for my piece on this and then the other aspect is that if i take a responsibility i can actually in the buddhist words would say burn karma or in my words heal and integrate karma or past experiences trauma blockages whatever it is that we've done so there's a way of actually working with all of that that doesn't even require us to know exactly what happened yes and that is key for me that as i'm working with changing my energy changing my experience now and towards the future i don't need to know exactly what it is that i'm healing i just need to know there's some blockage there there's some energy there and i'm working with that yeah and one of the things with this is i remember i was working i so i lived for a few years in a retreat center in california and and at one point that I was living there, my teacher came and he said, well, now that we've been doing all of this work, now at the stage that I was with my understanding, he's like, now karma doesn't exist. Karma is not even a thing. And I was like, wait, what? Like for the past few years, like karma has been a big thing. And it's one of the, you know, like foundations of the Buddhist teachings. And it's like, yeah, well, that's because you were at that stage of understanding. Now that you're at this stage of understanding, now that's not relevant anymore. Now, everything that came before, if you understand how to be from the present moment forward, what came before, as you integrate it, it doesn't factor in your future. Mm. So a lot of times with things like this, I think that it's important to understand at which stage am I at to understand how do I need to work with life, with energy, with different things. So, you know, working with karma, it's important to understand when if I, I still I'm in that space that a lot of times I'm a victim of my circumstance, then karma is huge. And I'm actually giving it a lot of importance to karma because I believe like, oh, you know, like this is happening because of that. So the key thing is going to patterns of behavior for example if i have a pattern of behavior and i decide i'm going to change this it's going to take a while to change that whether that is through repetition or more of a vibrational frequency state change that that might be faster but i'm going to create the change so therefore now that is no longer a thing so how can I understand all of the different variables that are present in something depends on where I am and my understanding? It's not, you know, like just like my teacher said that to me a lot of times when I work with my clients, I, I do the same. It's like we start and work with something. It's like, well, now everything, like just forget all of that because that's no longer relevant. You know, you, you already did that. You already grew. And now we are at a different stage. My my astrology teacher used to say that in astrology, there's a thing called the spiral of consciousness. And in the spiral of consciousness, 
depending on where you are in that spiral is your perspective of that. So it's really important to understand in, in, in that language, where in the spiral of consciousness are we at? Mm. And that's going to, in a sense, show us which perspective to look or which lens to look the world through or what is true and what is not true anymore. What do we need to work through and what's no longer necessary? So right. I hope that that was a little bit, you know, like of, uh, of a good explanation that I, I try a lot of times to bring it to what's relevant in our life more than just like, this is what the text of Buddhist yeah. texts say. Yeah, it's really helpful. I think, so for me, when I, when I try to really conceive of and understand the why behind, like the, the, the why behind the karma in the in reincarnating and, and the the choice to come into this body and this life, it's so that I can work through it, process it, integrate it, heal through whatever the myriad of things are from past lives through my ancestral chain, through my own life, so that I can then get to a place where I'm in that that present alignment. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm not creating that, that karma anymore. And is that space that we're aligned with? Is that Dharma? I think that's for me. And it's, and just for our listeners, I know it can sound similar. It's karma, K-A-R-M-A, Dharma, D like delicious, H-A-R-M-A. Um, for me, in my recollection is like I had I had attributed Dharma to be more truthful purpose. Mm. Um, but that's again, that's my memory from mm -hmm. from a while back. Yeah, you know, there's my my teachers always say there's capital D Dharma, and then there's uh like regular Dharma, and the capital D is those are the teachings, those are the truth. That is Dharma capital D. Like and gospel, the, kind of like gospel with a capital G. <laughs> right? Yes, but and this is one of the things, you know, like for me that um, the way that I was introduced to Buddhism and I and this is why I resonate with these teachings is because it's not a gospel. It's not a fixed mm. thing. Is you will experience this at some point. If you open yourself up, you will see that that which... Um, is in the, the the teachings of Buddha, those are universal truth. It's not something that Buddha said. It's not you know like as this is the truth. It's like well, question it. This this is the Buddhist path. Is question it, experience it yourself, and eventually you will realize that that is the ultimate truth. It might not be the truth now, where yeah. based on where I am, and that is what's important in terms of as well for me of seeing some of these um, ancient wisdom traditions as not so much dogmatic or religious, which puts it in a, in a box, is about understanding what's the essence of it. And mm -hmm. for me, every single religion in the world, at its core, its essence, they are all the same. They all have wonderful spiritual connection of love and compassion and kindness and consciousness then how it's actually 
lived and how it's portrayed, then that's another issue. But the the way that we experience that is, you know, like through our dharma as you were saying you know like your explanation of how oh, that's that's you know like my purpose truth you know like when when we understand that it's like we could we could say that we are on that path we are on the path of dharma mm -hmm. and and to understand that is you know like to be more present to be more balanced to be more aligned and to understand this is the path and and the interesting thing about the path is that it's not a fixed thing it's just a path <laughs> yeah and that is uh, uh, like that understanding of of that universal truth that universal truth might be different for you than for me mm -hmm. it's still a universal truth <laughs> how we get there how we notice it is what might change but at the end of the day it's that so the, one of the things for me with the Buddhist teachings is to understand that it's all about empowering us to understand that we are already Buddhas. We are already enlightened. We don't need to achieve anything. All that we need to do is to realize we are already that. We are already perfect. We just don't realize it. So most of the work, uh, my understanding of the Buddhist teachings is it's a lot about unlearning. It's a lot about like just taking the veils off and yeah. peeling those layers so that we can understand I have what I need and I am what I'm seeking. There's nothing, you know, like all of this like self-development work it's more of a self-realization work <laughs> yes it's it's about understanding i'm already that it's i'm not learning anything i'm not developing anything all that i'm doing is i'm just yeah and removing the layers that are on top that don't allow to see the gold that is buried under the house yeah i love that the, the gold is buried under the house i want to say this again because it felt very powerful for me to hear it I have what I need and I am what I'm seeking. I think that, whew. <laughs> That's one of the main things that my teacher used to say. I am gonna, I'm gonna borrow that <laughs> and take it with me and woo, use it on my journey for sure. Um, I have what I need and I am what I'm seeking. And I love, you know, it really is, and we again language um there's there's so many so many layers of programming um and you know at, at so many different levels of self a family community culture society you know humanity <laughs> it's just um through time and then you add that to the complexity of past lives <laughs> it's like there's there's a lot there. And so I want to, you know, speaking of language and again, over identifying in that piece you were talking uh, that speaking to earlier about um, not always needing to know where the energy is coming from. It, it can be really helpful sometimes to when we, when it appears and it, and it feels true and it's right there for us to grasp and to understand 
a narrative that is attached to whatever block we're removing, whatever healing process we're going through. But it doesn't mean we need a narrative. It doesn't mean we need to assign a value judgment. It doesn't mean we need to even have language to understand the healing to make it true. Some of the most powerful healing experiences I've had afterwards, I'm like, what the actual, (laughs) like, what was that? I have no idea, but I know that I feel about two tons lighter and I'm a completely different person getting off the table or getting up off the floor or what have you. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm saying, saying that I, I remember I had this, um, I was doing this healing session using family constellations and one of the participants at one point during that uh, family constellation movement, she wanted to know. So she wanted to know. So she was using her head at that moment. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and I told her, and I told her, okay, you have a choice now. Do you want to know or do you want to heal? And, and it's like, you know, it's her choice. Yeah. But one doesn't, like sometimes they go together and sometimes they don't. This is why for me, you know, the, the importance of trusting in the energy work without having to know what happened like i tell a lot of times to my clients when when they come and and i and i'm like i finish a healing for example and they get up from the mass from the table and and they they ask me ah what you know like what did you see what and i'm like what do you feel that's the important question yeah because I don't care about that story of what came before. What I care is how am I now? Did I actually integrate that and heal that or not? And if I'm stuck in the story, mm-hmm. then I'm just living in the past. I'm not living in, in, in the present moment forward. And the importance of understanding this is, you know, like, and don't get me wrong, I love uh, the work that a lot of counselors and psychologists do. I think that just talking about something, if the first time that I talked about something that happened in the past, if I didn't heal that, talking about it again, all that it's going to do is to make that even stronger. So we need a combination of different approaches to working with certain things. That's why my approach is mostly geared towards the energies, but you know, like I do a lot of talking like work and work a lot with the mind I work with a lot with the body it's the combination of yes. the different ways of working through things but we have a tendency to want to know we have a tendency to create stories we have a tendency to you know make up all of that and it's like can I just relax that and lessen that so that the actual change and transformation or transmutation of that energy can take place yeah and story can be really powerful, but I think again, it's that that sub that space, that creation of space to really attend to it and know that if if that's taking up all of the room, that there's no room for anything else, and that there doesn't have to be a story. Yeah, um, and and as you're saying, the story is powerful, and the stories are really powerful to engage others in what we are saying yeah it's very different if i'm saying like 
uh, stress. Go and, you know, like, you can live without stress. Like, instead of sharing my own story that I used to be super stressed out and now for the last 15 plus years, I haven't experienced stress. If I would share my story of that, that strikes a chord with people much more than if I'm saying, you can live without stress. So do one, two, three, and you'll get there. It's like... (laughs) <laughs> the, the like, who are you to stories. tell? Who are you to tell yeah. me this? Yeah. The, the part of stories earns like in our society and humanity is so powerful. I mean, this is how most of the ancient like indigenous people would actually share their wisdom through storytelling, yeah. through perhaps a song or different ways, but it's storytelling. Yeah. That's how we connect in a deeper way to the truth of life. And that is powerful, yet our inner stories are the ones yeah. that we need to actually um, just just tread a little bit more carefully through that. Yeah. And invite inquiry around, for sure. I love, you know, what you were talking about before about, about questioning. Um, so I really, I do, I do find myself drawn to practices and philosophies that really encourage questions. Um, I did want to touch on this aspect, too, of um just when we when we're looking at stories for example or identity and it's one of the themes that's come up a lot in in this time together so far is being stuck in the past and you know everything that we have in the 3d world and that we've been brought up to believe right it's this kind of linear construct of time and marching forward and we have evidence in our own past and we know that we're marching into our future um, and then it's so easy to get stuck in the past when really it's it's all cyclical. And so conceptually, we can maybe understand that time is cyclical or, you know, think about time is a dimension. And what does that what is time? I often joke with, with my listeners and with my clients. Um, but uh, in thinking about those narratives and how how they can keep us stuck in the past, but how they can also be a really powerful tool to help us imagine and create a new future um, as well. Yeah, you know, I found this is where balance comes into place. We want to understand the power of the present moment because from one perspective, like there's no time. Everything is happening at this moment and there's and a, a great power if we can be present in the present with the understanding that can I actually be present in present if I actually haven't processed what came before, if I haven't learned from what came before, like the this multi-layered and multi-dimensional living is really interesting because of that, because we are experiencing if, like the past the present the future with at the same time the only thing that we ever experience is the present there's no like we can't experience the past we can experience a recollection of that or a memory of that or 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 the same with the future we can project into the future but we're never into the future like now was the future a moment ago but i'm experiencing now (laughs) so when we understand this is multi-layered and also how to work with the past, how to understand the past so that it can inform 
the future so that we can learn we can grow we can understand its importance and take that with us this is one of the things that for me i've done a lot of work through through this both with my ancestors healing that and healing my past and and i keep on doing that work because there's so much in there um, <laughs> about understanding the importance of like i actually want to process that when i process it now i can get the learning now i can get the energy from it if not all of the time that is clinging on to me and this is key I often say to people, you know, with blockages or with the past or with different aspects of our life, there's such a thing as we are clinging on to that, but there's also that that is clinging on to us. Yes. And the, the more unconscious that we are living, the more that that's happening, the more conscious and aware that we are, the more that we can realize, oh, that's happening. Like that is dragging me down and that is no longer serving me. So yes serve this purpose can i see that with love can i see that that was helpful at that moment even if something that now i would judge as super negative or even wrong it's like well i already did that can i see that with love can i as i said earlier befriend that can i integrate it and process it so that now i can move forward so that it's no longer holding me back so yeah. that's no longer like clinging onto me and now I'm open to exploring yeah. the endless possibilities of life. And when we understand this, this is key to understand. I can work with my past. It's not about neglecting the past. It's not about, oh, I'm just going to be present and that's not <laughs> no, That's coming with us. You know, right. like the past, it's the in past your body. Is, yeah, it's in the body. Like yeah. All of the blockages are present here. I A lot of times I say, like, we talk that a lot of times we are human beings. I would say that we are walking blockages. That that's what's happening. Like there's a, like blockages in my field, in my body. And that's who is actually living my life. Unless I work with those blockages. Because those blockages are the ones that are, are creating the perspective and the lens that I'm seeing life through. So when when someone says something or something happens, it's like, you know, like, I don't know, if someone is driving and someone cuts them off, what is going to happen in terms of your response to that is based a lot of times on your capacity to either be present or to actually engage through that past experience. So if you're judging that, it's because you're actually triggered and that touched the button in you which is one of those blockages that's from the past once we actually work through that then in the moment instead of reacting unconsciously to what's happening we can respond appropriately knowing well perhaps that person is going to the hospital i don't know what's going on in that person's life why would i go to the Oh, what an asshole or whatever it is that like they just cut me off and getting stressed or annoyed or whatever it's like how is that reaction serving me versus responding to well that happened does that change anything in my life really yeah why would i let someone cutting me off have such an impact in my life when it's nothing yeah so Understanding the importance of 
a lot of times our way of living in the present moment is colored by our past. So yeah. the more that we can engage in that integration and healing of the past, then we can actually start to respond instead of reacting to life. And for me, that is super important because you know I don't want to just be a victim of my past and uh, you know using the word that we used before of karma. I don't want to be a victim of that. I want to actually stand and be powerful and be present and to be able to embody the energy of the present moment. And I can only do that by taking the time to heal the past. Yeah. And making the choice to to really take ownership of of yourself and yeah. and of that past. And um, in the family constellation perspective, everything that we want to, in a sense, let go of, it's actually embrace. Mm. including everything everything that i'm excluding it's going to come back yeah so everything that happened everything that happened including it i had to do yeah. a lot of work with that you know like i i grew up and i didn't have a good relationship with my dad's dad and like i've done a lot of work on including him and including that Part of my lineage because as i was excluding that i'm also excluding one of the gifts and the power that yeah. comes from there so this is about understanding non-judgment what happened happened can i include can i learn can i evolve from that yeah. and that is the key it's mining for the gold it's mulching the wisdom and it's turning towards i, I struggled with that a lot I mean, I'm sure I will continue to off and on for the rest of my life, but I feel like it was more of a struggle in the beginning, um, the turning towards peace, because my my kind of survival pattern and instinct and um, the, the deep ruts in the road for me was, you know, turning away, escaping, running from, hiding from the discomfort, the uncomfortable truth, you know, whatever those experiences were. Um, and it was actually body work that first taught me that turning towards um, with grace, with love, with gentleness, with curiosity, without judgment is an incredibly powerful path for healing and for acceptance um, and for release. Definitely. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, it was the same for me, the, the body, like conscious movement tibetan yoga was in my change then of course like i've done a lot of different works learned a lot of different traditions and coming back to the body to understanding the feelings and the energy and what's underneath like getting away even from emotions i i i let go a long time ago of working with emotions i just go to the layer behind that <laughs> It's just the energy. And that is key for being able to just be at peace with what is. It's like every feeling, every emotion, everything that I'm experiencing is just energy moving. Am I allowing it to move or not? Hmm. I love that because it's simple, but it's not simplistic, which is one of my favorite phrases because it applies to so many things. Um, but it's it's so elegant in its simplicity. Hmm. All things are energy. Am I letting it move or am I not letting it move? 
I think that that right there is a beautiful tool. Again, it's one of those instruments that we can utilize, one of those tools that we can keep close um, when maybe we're in distress of uh, whatever that might look like, you know, internally is to ask that question. You know, if all things are energy, am I letting this energy move? Am I not? And if I'm not, well, how could I? What what could I, how could I act differently in a way that would allow this energy to move through me? Um, yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's something that I often share with all of my clients, which is how can we set ourselves up for not even getting to that place of distress? If I create the circumstances because I understand, okay, if I if I sleep well, if I practice as soon as I wake up, if I drink enough water, if I eat well, that creates a circumstance that it's I'm more likely to be able to be present, to be able to respond to what is, to be able to understand I'm not rushing, I can live like more simple, I can live a little bit slow, and then I'm not getting to that place. And the more that I do that, the more that I'm letting my system understand, oh, this is how yeah. things are. And that is key in terms of being able to understand we have that power. <laughs> like that responsibility is how yeah. am I setting myself up? And it's like, it doesn't matter what I've been doing. Like from this moment on, I have a chance to choose. Yeah. I can go out or through the night, which is perfectly okay, or... If I know that tomorrow I'm going to have to work or to do a certain thing, it's like, well, can I go to bed at the time that I'm going to be able to sleep eight hours, nine hours, however someone wants to sleep that is working for them? Yeah. And that is the thing. What works for me is not going to work for anybody else. Some things might. But the more that I understand that, the easier it is for me to set up my life. Like a lot of times I tell people, like, I am... You know, <laughs> I love my life. I live very simple from what I think that it's simple. And I'm not rushed. I don't get stressed. I, you know, like I can wake up. I do my practice. I go and I make my, you know, like I drink my lemon water. I, I go and I, every single day I cook my own food. Like I'm able to do that because I'm choosing purposely how I want my days to look like. And I understand when I don't do that, ah, I feel some imbalance there. Yeah. So why would I choose the imbalance? And this is not about staying comfortable and not changing and not evolving. This is about understanding circumstances that enable me to be in a space that allows for that expansion. If not, then I'm all of the time in that survival mode. And then I'm all of the time, depending on our own tendencies, as you were saying, that escaping or that freezing or, you know, like, or that fighting. When the more that we understand ourselves, the easier it is to do this work. And, you know, like, as you were saying, it's simple, not simplistic, but it's simple. All of the answers are simple. We all know all of the answers. This is one of the things that I keep on telling people. We all know what like it's good for us in terms of sleeping eating drinking like doing we all know all of the doing we all know the information of what's good for us the key thing always is why am i not doing that yeah. why am i not eating what i know that is good yeah. for me why am i not like why am i 
perhaps watching TV all of the time, watching the news, if I know that that is not helping me. So the more that I understand, it's not about information. Like we have so much information. We can find everything online now. <laughs> what did we even do before Google? I could like barely remember you but, using my grandparents' encyclopedias. <laughs> like, yeah, what? but you know, like, it's it's not a matter of information yeah, because yeah. like if we have if we thought that it was a matter of information now the internet just threw that out the window because yeah. now the information is there it's available now is how do we actually incorporate that into our lives yeah. how are we moving from information and knowledge to wisdom and that is about experience embodied practice and that is the difference. And this is why a lot of people, you know, like I'm sure that the people that you work with, the people that I work with, a lot of people, this is why we work with like teachers or coaches or mentors, because that is the support or the container that enables us to move from this is what I know to this is how I can actually implement it in my life. Because and that it is the just key. About... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just about information and knowledge. We could all just read the book and immediately implement it. And there's a reason that personal development and self-help is like multi-million dollar industry um, because there is we are these multifaceted beings and we're not just a brain that we can dump like a computer, you know, uh, a book into and, and close the lid and automatically it's it's all uploaded. Um, the way that we change our programming is through action and um, embodiment and in community reflection. I think that's that's a really big piece too. And, and I mean, you touched on that in working with a, a coach or a mentor or a teacher, but I think, and, and earlier talking about friends and who we surround ourselves with, you know, we're, we don't transform in isolation. No. That's just um, not, I mean, is sometimes a cycle of, of deep hibernation and self-reflection important? Absolutely. I've definitely been through many of those, right? When we're in the cocoon and, and we're about to have this, this big expansion and it's the contraction before the exhale. But, um, but we are really wired for and need community and we need the reflection and the the um, the relating that happens mm. in those containers and spaces. We need to understand that individualization has been one of the biggest challenges that we have. The fact that we have individualized life and made everyone live in isolation, and this is pre-COVID, <laughs> like yeah. living in your own apartment or your own house, not even knowing who your neighbors are, not living in community. Um, that is part of the problem because now, like from a material aspect, we need one of everything. And like if you go to any building in most countries, you know you you can see everyone has like one of them like everything and their neighbor has the same thing and like it's like that's just a waste of resources and and a waste of understanding sharing and connection and yeah. and the understanding of as you're saying the importance of the collective is huge and the collective we like all that that we can live is through our own community 
and the importance of that is that transformation as a society and as humanity will come to that. So we need to understand, yes, we are unique, we are original, we need to do this inner work, and at the same time, we need to do that work in with others. My mm -hmm. One of my teachers used to say, uh, as we moved into the age of Aquarius, it was like, well, in the past, if you wanted to do transformation, you went to a cave in the mountain and just did your own work. Now, that work is in relationship. It's yeah. as a collective. And that is, is powerful. Now, there is a time and space for doing that inner work and that work for our souls to understand how do we engage with that collective and those yeah. people around us yet we cannot just stay with i've done my work like yeah. that's all good <laughs> like, it's like okay, I, I always, moving on. I'm, I'm so enlightened until the holidays in this like two weeks with my family like oh my god <laughs> i've yeah. still got more yeah. work to do <laughs> my, my teacher used to say like when we were learning like and practicing a lot of meditation he used to say like you know, if if you like to meditate, go to the middle of the busiest street on your city and just meditate there. If you can't meditate there, you don't know how to meditate. Mm. Like it's it's not that we don't know how to meditate, but it's like we live like in this society just because I'm able to stay calm in my own room with my you know like my candle and my incense or whatever it is that I'm using in a very curated space. That's wonderful. That's a way of perhaps starting. I cannot stay comfortable there because if not, then I don't know how to translate this into my everyday life. Like I remember when I was younger, I was like perhaps 21 or 22 at that time. And, and I saw these um, people that I knew that they have been meditating for, you know, like 40 years or something like that. And I saw them like and like we went for dinner and i saw them how they interacted with with the waiter and like they like they got super triggered and i was like kind of like trying to understand like they've been meditating for 40 years and they you know kind of like trying to understand that they haven't translated this into their everyday life and then i asked them and they were like well no i meditate in my room like this i'm like okay so all good it's this is not about judging that it's about understanding I want to be conscious and present and aware all of the day when I'm working, when I'm with other people, when I'm, you know, like doing something that is challenging whatever situation in my day, I want to do that all of the time. And I need to learn how to do that. I need to take that meditation practice outside of this, of my meditation cushion. It's just like they say, like take yoga outside of the mat to everyday life. That is the key. It's about understanding, you know, like great to be able to take one hour to do a yoga class. But if the rest of the day, like you're completely stressed out and you're an asshole or whatever, then yeah. isn't that like, what's, I, what's, <laughs> what's the point there? Yeah. Well, and, and, and recognizing too, that, um, you know, what is the cliche Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. So it's, it's like you said, if starting in the curated space is the place for you to start, just start. Right. And then yeah. continue on and, and finding new practices and tools that are going to help, help you to integrate and embody and to be present. Um, so Brian, if folks 
want to contact you or work with you. I know you're one of my international guests, um, so I don't know what you would have um, for folks internationally uh, versus locally, but yeah, if you could share whatever it is you're up to um, with any of the offers and ways of working with you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I always work like if you're listening or watching this and something like is resonating, then great and reach out. I I do work uh, both locally here in New Zealand and internationally, both remotely and sometimes in person if I'm traveling uh, somewhere. Um, whether that is one-on-one -on -one work with mentoring or um, a healing, whether that is remote you know energy healing or family constellation work i do have online courses as well that people can check out and do them at their own time um and in march i'm starting a group um a, a group um, program that is three months that is a hybrid between group coaching and individual coaching mm -hmm. and it's touching on all of this is about finding balance and it's about being able to to live life in a different way and as well i have my podcast that people can check out the conscious action podcast and that's anywhere that they want to to see it beautiful brian thank you so so much for stepping into this space and opening and um, being honest about your experiences and your insights. I just so appreciate your wisdom and experience and uh, connecting with you today has been absolutely delightful. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd you. love to, you're so welcome. Yeah, I'd love to close the episode out as I always do, which is um, you know, just a, a reminder, honestly, for myself, <laughs> for you, Brian, and for our listeners. And that is that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got, and I love you. <laughs>